0: Hello, and welcome to Horizon at Home. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors of Horizon. And this morning, I'm so excited to start a new four-part message series, Shift Happens. How do we move from what was to what will be? I don't know about you all, but... I've been craving deep down in my soul a, a god-centered shift in my life. So many things around me are shifting and changing. So much feels uncertain, and I just want to be able to shift to those things by keeping God in the center of my life because I know that if God stays at the center, if if we can if I can figure out how to keep God at the center, there's going to be a deep sense of peace even in the midst of this shifty season. And so this has been my prayer this this last week as we began in this message series, there's been two parts. The first part of the prayer has been, God, please let me just say shift happens and not something else. And the second part of my prayer has been that, that we will hear and trust God to move us from where we were to where God wants us to be. That a real shift will happen in our lives, in our community, and in our world we're going to look at a story in the Old Testament where that happened. The story is called Nehemiah. It's a, it's a story about a man named Nehemiah. His story actually begins in the middle of a larger story. You see, the people of Israel um, were promised this special land. God gave them this this special land that's flowing with milk and honey. They, they can grow the crops they want to grow. Their, their children are pro- prospering there. Things are great there. They just have to do a few things that God has asked them to do. and. Not too long after being in Israel, the, the folks sort of lose sight of, of of God's dream and God's plan for their lives, and, and they start to do their own thing. And that makes them vulnerable to attack from the people around them who also want to live in that land flowing with milk and honey, in a place that's, that's fertile and can grow wonderful crops, in a place where your children can grow and have the resources and the things that they need. And so, so as they, they do the things that God asks them not to do, it, it opens them up, makes them vulnerable and weak to attack. And these, these folks called the Babylonians who, who lived close to Israel really wanted that, that piece of land. And, and so they, they move in, they, they fight the Israelites, they win, and they kick the Israelites out of the land of Israel and into what the Bible calls exile. It's, it's this place that's sort of mountainous and deserty. They're they literally kicked out of Israel and into a different place, a shift Happened for them a shift that that many of them couldn't control. It was it was beyond their control. The the circumstances and the situation they find themselves in is this this shift from what they knew to something different. After several years of living there, the folks of Israel could move back into Jerusalem, the city in Israel. They could move back to to the land of Israel, back to the promised land. But so much has happened during this shift, right? People died during this shift. Uh, people were married during this shift. People raised their children even in the shift. They, they taught them. They schooled them. They, they, they fed them. All of these things happened in, in, outside of, of Israel, outside of this promised land. A, a real shift happened. They found a new way to live and a new way to be. But deep down, these people longed to be back home. They thought they wanted to be back home in Israel where there was a land of milk and honey, where where there were lots of resources and the things they wanted. But but what they were really craving was a shift back home to live out the dream that God had for them. But in the midst of this shift, they missed that point. They, They started making the place of comfort and home center instead of God being the center of this shift. And that's where God raises up Nehemiah. Nehemiah has to lead the people of Israel to make this a a God-centered shift, not just a shift where where you shift from, from the uncertainty and the pain and the anxiety to this place where things are comfortable, but a shift that keeps God at the center, even when things are uncertain and not exactly like we imagined them to be. And so, Nehemiah finds himself being asked by God to lead in this season. Nehemiah had a really good job in exile, in, in the land where, where it was mountainous and deserty, not in the promised land. He, he worked for the king, he made good money, he had the king's ear, he had power and prestige. And so he wasn't itching to move back to Israel yet. He he was staying there, working out his good job, and and he was eventually going to move back home. But he cared deeply about the people of Israel. He cared deeply about them. He wanted this shift to happen and happen well. He wanted them to be able to shift home and experience the new thing that God had for for the people of Israel. And so he finds himself working this job, and and it tells us in Nehemiah, the the story opens up with, with Nehemiah's brother and some of his friends coming to visit him. It says that Hananiah, one of, one of Nehemiah's brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And Nehemiah asked them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. How are, they, how are they doing back home now that they've shifted back home? He asked them about Jerusalem, the city in the center of Israel. How are things? See, see Nehemiah was hopeful. He, he, he was expecting them to say, things are great. It's wonderful and beautiful. Nehemiah, we can't wait for you to come home and to live with us there But instead, this is what he heard. They said to Nehemiah, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. They are broken and in despair. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Home isn't the place that we thought it was going to be, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, when he heard these things, he sat down and wept, Scripture told us. When Nehemiah heard these things, he sat down and wept. For some days he mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. All week, all week, I've just wanted a good and hopeful story to offer to us all today in the midst of this uncertainty and shifty time that we find ourselves in. And I realize so many of us feel like we are looking at a city whose walls are broken down, whose gates are burned with fire. Nothing feels homey or comfortable here. There's as much pain and uncertainty at home as there is anywhere else. And it broke Nehemiah's heart. That wasn't what he wanted for the people And so he sat down and he wept. I I wanted to rush past this part of the story and get to the part where where the city is restored and things are new. And and people have moved from what was to what will be. But I realized this week that if we want a God-centered shift in our life, Nehemiah teaches us how to do that. God teaches us how to do that. How even when the circumstances and situations of life around us are shifty and changing and uncertain, how we can keep God in the center and still when things are shifty and not the way we want it around them, how we can still live into who it is God's called us and asked us to be. How we can keep grace and peace and joy that we can only find in God, how we can keep that in the center of our lives. And this is where it starts, folks. It starts with weeping. Because in the weeping, we are actually grieving. Step one to a God-centered shift is to grieve. To let yourself grieve. To grieve what was, right? That, that, that the kindergarten year you dreamed for your kid will never be. That, that your job, the way you expected to live it out, it, it's not going to be that way much longer. That, that the store, the business that you started, the, the dreams that you had for it, what was, is not going to be what will be. It's okay to grieve that. Did you hear Nehemiah sat down and wept? He wasn't mopey for an afternoon. He didn't Netflix and chill to to escape it. He grieved. He wept to God. He fasted. He didn't eat. He mourned that life did not turn out the way that he wanted it to be. And this is why I don't think God let me rush through this part. God says it's okay for you to grieve because in the grief you are you are allowed to release your expectations. Step one of a grief, of a of a God-centered release is to grieve, because grief o- allows us to release our expectations. Because when we're holding so tightly to those expectations of, of how, what we want life to be when we're holding so tightly to those expectations. We can't open our hands and our arms and our lives and our communities to what it is God wants to be. And so grieve because it will allow us to release those expectations that we had for our lives. That, that's what Nehemiah had to, had to do in, in the mourning, in the weeping he released his hopeful expectations that everything in, 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 in Israel would be perfect. That there, that the folks who lived in exile would return to this comfortable and wonderful and peaceful place. But then those things became the center of the shift and not God. In this season, you are invited to grieve because it will open you up to release those expectations to God so that you can do what it is that God asked us to do to surrender ourselves to God's plan. Because he, Nehemiah prayed before the God of heaven. He, he he mourned. He grieved. He released his expectations. And then he surrendered his life to God. He surrendered the dreams of Jerusalem and Israel to God. He surrendered his hopeful expectations to the real and hopeful expectation of God. He released the things that he was holding on so tightly for and opened his life up to surrender to the arms of God, to a place where he could really experience home. He didn't need walls or city gates or a perfect situation to experience the love and hope and joy of God. He just needed God. Once we grieve and we release, we can surrender to the arms of Jesus. I feel like so many of us are being invited into what it is Nehemiah was invited into. I I want you to hear this line in his prayer. If your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, if you are at the farthest point you can imagine from God right now, farther than you can even see on the horizon, I want you to hear God's promise. God says, I will gather them from there and I will bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for them in my name. Grief allows us to release our expectation and opens us up for surrender to a God who will bring us from the farthest horizon to the place that God has chosen, the dream that God has chosen for us to dwell in. For the past five months, all I've done is say, 2020 is not the year I wanted it to be. My my kids aren't starting school, they're not even in school the way I want them to be. We, 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 experienced a a new child coming, will coming into our lives. And that's not been the way I wanted it to be. The, The church Horizon hasn't been the way I wanted it to be. We had this dream and this plan for what 2020 would look like for Horizon. And I realized all of those things were at the center of my life instead of God. And God said, grieve, grieve that things haven't turned out the way you want them to. Release them to me and surrender your plans, your life, your church. Surrender your community. Give it all to me. This week, this last couple of weeks, we've done just that. And in just a, a few days, we threw together, a, a Horizon threw together a seven days of service. And and this is what I found. We grieved that things weren't like we thought they would be. We didn't have the peanut butter and jelly making parties that we wanted. We, we're we not going to have the BT Washington landscaping party that that we had anticipated that we would have in 2020. Our partnership with them even looks different. But this is what God, God said. I, I wanted a worship service with, with just people running out the walls of the auditorium. Auditorium at Wilson Middle School, and and part of me the last few weeks was like I'm not doing church unless it's going to look the way I want it. I want the the perfect worship band, the perfect worship people in 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 the in the in the auditorium, and God has slowly said, Grieve that, Erica. Release those expectations to me and surrender Horizon and its people unto me. Even if even if 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 you feel like you're at the farthest horizon. Erica, my plan, my plan for Horizon is for you to reach those people at the farthest horizon and bring them into a place where they can dwell in me in peace and joy. And so this week we've we've participated in a seven days of service. People who felt like they were at the farthest horizon, disconnected from God and God's grace, have been invited to experience something new. Hospital workers who, who are at the end of their ropes, who are working hard and long hours, where morale is low. We, we were able to provide them with lunch and, and hope. We said unto them, you may feel like you're at the farthest horizon, but God has asked us in this season in 2020 to say there is hope. Grieve, it's okay, but, but here's a sandwich and some chips and some water to eat that you may have have sustenance for the journey. We we were able to provide peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to folks who were homeless whose meals have been have been interrupted by COVID-19. We said you may feel like you're at the farthest horizon, but but there are people, I have friends who care about you and who want you to know that you are loved. And in some way making coming together, making some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with our family and our friends in a safe and socially distanced way, somehow that kept God at the center and not our plans at the center. People wrote letters to seniors keeping, keeping God at the center, reminding us that we've got to stay connected to folks in our community. We kept God at the center and God opened up all these, all these connections to have senior pen pals over the next few months for kids and, and adults in our community to know and to love and experience God at the center. God has done amazing things this week through our church because we we've, we've grieved what we thought would be in this season and we've released our expectations, our hopes for horizon and we've surrendered them to God. I invite you if you want if you're ready for a god-centered shift in your life to begin just just be real. Be be okay with grieving what is release those expectations that are holding us and keeping us from God and surrender yourselves to the arms of Jesus. Because even if you're at the farthest horizon, it's not too far for God. And most of all folks, like Nehemiah, we have to be people who are saying that to other folks who feel like they're on the farthest horizon from God. There's a place to dwell where there is peace and joy and love like we've never known before. May we begin this week a God-centered shift in our lives. Will you pray with me? God, we surrender our lives to you. We give our grief to you. We release our expectations to you, and we surrender our lives and our community and our church and our friends and our family. We surrender it into your arms, Jesus. For those of us who feel like we're at a, a far horizon, we just ask you, God, to pull us into your dwelling that we may dwell in the hope and peace and joy that we can only find in you. Even when our circumstances and situations are changing, God, let us trust you in the shift that is happening. Amen.